This is the Gospel Revolution. Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. Unaware that all the wild love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect yet unique Here's the founder and president of the Gospel Revolution, Michael Lilborn Williams. Hello, Daniel Thomas Rouse. Hello, Mr. Williams. It's good to see you today. Oh, it's good to see your smiley face. I, you know, I can always tell that we're in for something <laughs> when the very first thing that pops up is Daniel smiling like the cat that got the mouse. I think that's the way we used to say it. So I think Daniel has some things in store for us that, um, uh, that I think he's feeling just a little sneaky about. So. A little giddy. <laughs> a little sneaky giddy. We could probably add a few things onto that. But anyway, we won't blame this all on Daniel. However, I guess I'm putting that out there as a disclaimer at the first. If this doesn't go well, that's Daniel's fault. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> but see, the only thing wrong with that, because it's probably going to turn out to be the greatest cast we've ever done, and then I'll have to give Daniel credit. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm worth. I'm ready for the gamble. <laughs> Well, before we get into that, how are you enjoying your last train to Clarksville trip? Well, I'm enjoying Clarksville quite well. Uh, you know the uh, the Arctic, the dome of air that lives over the North Pole slipped off and slid down here, <laughs> and oh my gosh, it was uh, it was terrible. We did postpone uh, Christmas. We've had Christmas, and I, you know, it's really strange. Uh, I think the family is actually thinking about having uh, Christmas, family Christmas, uh, all the family coming together on New Year's Day. I mean, it just kind of seemed to turn the page on some things. We've had some family tragedies that took place, you know, from about twenty years ago, and and I think that uh, for some, it's like um uh still trying to live around some uh you know uh old things uh so there's nothing like just changing the date you know we'll just we'll just do it and it, it was surprising at how uh helpful it was i can say that i enjoyed this christmas more than i have in any of them of the last probably 20 years so so does that mean you're celebrating New Year's this week, or did you go into a time warp and do them? Well, I think we're <laughs> we're celebrating uh, Chris New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> I never met him before. Yeah, Chris New Year. <laughs> uh, so if you're going to come up with a different time, you can just rename the whole damn thing. Just <laughs> and there I go. I'm already cussed here on the first show. You can be here by 4.30 Cause I've made your reservation 
patient, don't be slow. No, 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 no. Cause I'm leaving in the morning and I must see you again. We'll have one more night together till the morning brings my train and I must go. No, no, no. Conversation. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Take the last train to Coxville. Now I must hang up the phone. I can't hear you in this noisy railroad station. All alone, I'm feeling low. just come out of a pledge drive how are you feeling about that michael well uh folks certainly have responded to that and uh we're very grateful uh we uh i, I do uh sometimes get concerned about letting folks know what is happening if things aren't uh have not been going well but i don't know that that we really have a choice and i really think that that the people who do uh, support this effort, I think they want to know. And mm-hmm. I've heard, um, I've heard uh, some express their dismay at uh, the fact that, uh, you know, we've had um, uh, some, of the, some long-term um, pe- uh, people who've invested uh, long-term into the gospel who've uh, not not some uh, we only had one major one really and then but over the last few months it's just been just a little here a little there a little you know and things happening in people's lives so mm-hmm. uh the uh, you know when you're dealing with an organization as small as ours uh a thousand fifteen hundred dollar a month drop in uh support on a you know, basically a hundred thousand dollar a year uh, organization is uh, that's that's a big change. Yeah, for sure. So, but our uh, 
our supporters have come through very well. And uh, we're, we've actually brought on, uh, it, it started last year, and uh, we just had no clue as to whether or not it was going to uh, be happening on a regular basis or not. But we've had a uh, major contributor actually step up at the same time. So, I mean, things have have done, uh, it, it's, it's crazy. It kind of like washed the whole thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> plus with our folks uh, that have... Uh, stepped up to the plate a little bit more. So thank you. Uh, that's what we want to say to you today is to thank you for what you're doing so that we can uh, offer the information that we think is good news. And uh, according to what we understand of the gospel, it is good news. I, I definitely know we don't share any bad news. Mm. Uh, there just isn't that. And that may be challenging news. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Daniel's got me a little scared about this one today. So, uh, regardless, the one thing I know is that we may be challenged, but it will be good. There is no mm. doubt about that. And to understand things that we may have misunderstood before. Uh, I think that's been the whole life of this entire endeavor for uh, the, you know, 52 or more years now is, uh, 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 strangely enough, it does go all the way back there because I remember my fascination with finding out things that I'd never heard taught, even though it was just a little thing, a phrase, a you know, a phrase that we thought we knew that was just not that way. Even as a very young teacher, that was going on uh, with me. It may not have made a huge gospel impact, but uh, it was an impact for those who were listening at the time and maybe a step forward in at least stopping to look and see whether or not does that really say what I thought it did. So, <laughs> Oh, and that's been the life transformation for me is you know the unlearning uh i think we talked a little bit about that last week you know the the unlearning the unteaching i mean that was my whole process of walking out of being born and raised in a word of faith family and just unlearning all of that and you know over the holidays i spent some time some one-on-one time with my dad and um uh, let's just say I do a lot of listening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't engage um, anymore uh, unless, as, as I've learned from you and, and Glenn, unless a question is asked, I just, you know, uh, I just listen. Yeah. And, but what I've found out is, man, I used to live in a whole different world. <laughs> yes. Oh, it is amazing. My vocabulary's changed, and you know the way you see things has changed, and it, it's just amazing. And but to me, as you just said, it's all good news. Mm. There's no bad news in it. No bad news in it, and the process of this really has been—it's uh, just been amazing. When you get to the point, I think the. It's kind of like crossing the Jordan, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> at what point have you, you know, crossed the mountain? Where do you see the other side and all of that? And I think for me is when I came to the point where I realized, and this has only been, 
I was living in Houston when it happened because I remember uh, the TV being on. I remember Franklin Graham describing what a Christian was. Mm. And I thought, well, I will be blank. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That means I'm not a Christian. Wow. And uh, he went on to explain that all forms of Christianity, he said, you know, becoming a Christian is when you realize that you're a sinner and you need salvation and you need to be saved by grace and you accept Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. And that's what Christianity is. And that's when I, mm. I remember that stark reality that I am no longer a Christian. Yeah. And uh, that was that was when I, you know, gosh, if I got baptized in the River Jordan, I swam to the other side and got out. So, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that became, um, I thought that I was going to be quite the loner in that journey. I, uh, uh, I, I uh, most all of this ministry has just uh, been me kind of living my life out loud. You know, and uh, sometimes you hear some screeches and, and some, <laughs> some screams and uh, some things that you m- may not have been ex- uh, expecting. But I really have just been living my life out loud. And and uh, I was really surprised that really struck a note with people. And that it was like, you know, you remember the time when I uh, share about uh, saying to uh, getting up and preaching all of the doctrine, you know, you and it wonderful when you get healed. And you, you know, you, you when you're when you're sick, you we just call the elders and we pray, and everybody gets healed. And and if you give ten dollars, God puts back a hundredfold. And and I just went through them just one right after the other, and everybody was just cranked. Yeah. And I said, "There's only one problem. It <laughs> don't." work <laughs> and they just i mean it was just it was stunned they were just mm. absolutely stunned and then somebody looked over to the next one and finally somebody looked at somebody and said it don't work and somebody else looked at somebody and said it don't work and i just kept yelling it over and over <laughs> and finally there was one or two it don't work and then uh, before the end of it, they all of those very same people that were cheering all of the doctrine that they had been taught, they were all screaming out loud with me, it mm. don't work. Yeah. And uh, so I saw that uh, transition take place, that willingness to say it, it don't work. I mean, <laughs> Everybody's tried to rewrite that statement so that it's more grammatically correct, but that's not the way I said it. So it don't work. <laughs> it's the way it is. And it's just the way it is. <laughs> uh, but that, that's the same issue as uh, I am not a Christian. And mm. of course, uh, Kate Benham was visiting down in Houston uh, soon after that and came up with a wonderful song, I Am Not. I am not, I am not, I am not a Christian. So she, uh, in the lyrics, she emphasizes four times, I am not a Christian. 
and all the reasons why, you know, all the verses. I mean, goodness gracious, those songs are so powerful that they don't get published or heard or listened to. But uh, Kate Benham um, did write that amazing gospel song, I Am Not a Christian. And each of the verses goes go through those uh, issues as to why we're not. I have a recording, Michael, of that. Uh, it's not great quality, but I'm going to play it here for everybody. Oh, throw it on. I'm, I'd love to hear it myself. Well, I believe the world is one. I'm not a Christian. I believe the battle's won. I'm not. I am not. And I believe the kingdom's come. I'm not a Christian. One light lit up everyone. I'm not. I'm not a Christian, yeah, well I am not. <laughs> I see the law taken away, I am not a Christian, I see there's no more price to pay, I am not, I am not, and I can see we're all okay. I'm not a Christian, there is no coming judgment day. I am not, I am not a Christian. Ain't that good news? Well, that's good news. I'm not, I am not, I am not, I am not a Christian. Now that's good news. Ain't that good news? I'm not, I am not, I am not, I am not a Christian. Well, I don't buy what you're trying to sell. I am not a Christian. I don't believe the devil's well. I am not. I am not. I don't believe there is a hell. I am not a Christian, and I don't believe in sin as well. I am not. I am not a Christian. Ain't that good news? Now that's good news. I'm not. I am not. I am not. I am not a Christian. Now that's good news. Ain't that good news? I'm not. I am not. I am not. I am not a Christian. Oh, I believe the two agreed. I am not a Christian. It ended all religious need. I am not. I am not. And I believe the world's redeemed. I'm not a Christian. Oh, and I am sure that love will lead once we'll stop trying to be Christians. <laughs> yeah! That's good news. That's good news. Ain't that good news? I'm not. I am not. I am not. I am not a Christian. I wish I was in the living room, Michael. (laughs) You know, there's a a video on YouTube uh, of it, I think. Yeah. And uh, so if you go and you you, uh, look on YouTube and on our channel, I believe, Mm -hmm. and uh, Gospel Revolution 1 and uh, 
It looked to me like somebody had even tried to steal our Gospel Revolution 1 uh, address. I, every, I, it's, it's amazing people try to steal things from us. <laughs> <laughs> but that uh, little recording there, you'll see Kate, and and uh, you'll hear the handful of us there. That was kind of a summit where that I needed to hear from the folks about where we were because I had made this declaration. And I needed to hear from people face to face. How do you feel about where we're at, where we're going? Speak to me, talk to me, uh, rebuke me, chastise me, whatever you'd like to do. <laughs> and um, But I was so nice to everybody. They all kind of came along with me. <laughs> I, I have that way, you know, about me. I, just, I can just be so nice. When, when you're from the South, you can just be very nice. But no, they, uh, I think the reality of that just became came very glaringly real it's the thing the the process of this whole 52 year thing has been saying the things that everybody thinks that nobody's willing to say out loud really it's just yeah. it's really all it is i doubt very seriously there's too many things that you had not thought about that you just never heard somebody uh have the audacity to say it out loud. You know, it's interesting because I did this series uh, recently on hell and, uh, you know, just shared some of my journey of uh, uh, unlearning uh, hell. And I was at work the other day and I overheard two people who I know are Christians. And I think someone in their church had shared some video in a Bible study or something that they had. And they were talking about how hell was a made-up thing. Wow. And they were talking about Dante's Inferno. And I'm just sitting in my cubicle like, hmm, <laughs> Ooh, interesting. So, somebody's <laughs> been listening to me. Yeah. When you started learning all this, there was no books. There was no tapes. There no. were no YouTube on any of these topics. But, you know, it's encouraging to hear. Um, it may not be presented in the way that we present it here in the Gospel Revolution, but some of these thoughts and ideas are permeating the, into the church. The subject's on the table. I, you know, yeah. I had one goal when I first started teaching grace because I remember going to the bookstore, um, many of them, and looking for books on grace, and there just weren't any. There just mm. there was none there. And, um, I mean, and even if they were, they had nothing to do with, you know, in-depth understanding about uh, grace compared to law and things like that. Realizing that there was just nothing out there is, was, was just very, very shocking. Mm. And to realize that uh, the things that I was sharing, I, gosh, I'm going to have to dig. I don't have, I have, I have no one. To rely on, uh, you know, a book from, you know, all of our uh, Christian days, we had Spurgeon and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, the list just went on and on and on and on and on about, uh, you know, all of the those that have gone before us. But in understanding the gospel of grace and the gospel of peace, in, in any writings that were available to me, uh, there were no uh, 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 people to encourage me or to advise the very first book that i ever saw on it was after i started teaching on it was entitled the legalist mm. and um that one uh i think you can still buy that i thought i, I bought all of those i I'm, 
people have heard the story about me going to visit him in Indianapolis, uh, the writer of that book. And uh, uh, my, what a uh, what an attack on his life. He lost everything. And it was wow. just basically uh, a difference in law and grace. And he was a minister there in Indianapolis, and he lost it all. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been great. So, uh, I, it sounds like we're warning you about things to come. Now. <laughs> uh, so when we are getting ready to do the revelation in, um, Calgary, Alberta. So I guess we're wrapping up saying thank you for the contributions and things that you guys have done to help us out. Yeah, and you know, as one who has kind of come in through the gospel revolution, and now um, my enjoyment of being involved in the podcast and different areas, I want to say thank you to all the supporters yeah. that uh, you know my my life has been saved because of Mike Williams Ministry and the Gospel Revolution, and Mike Williams and and the the dozens of gospel revolutionaries that I've spoken to and heard from and listened to, and. Um, I, I want to say, you know, my life was changed, and I'm thankful that I'm able to pass that along to my daughters now at age six and oh, eight. Isn't it, though? Yeah. And so just a man, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for your involvement. It is a, it is a life change that is indescribable uh, to come to a point to where that you realize that, it, that what is spiritual is you. It is not what you do. Mm, yeah. Ooh, there's a good bumper sticker. Mm-mm. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> what is spiritual is you. It is not what you do. Mm. Uh, but there wouldn't be anybody put it on their car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into this. Where are we going, Daniel? Well, last week we ended um, in the book of Ephesians. And we had opened up by uh, comparing. Um, of course, we are trying to do the most exhaustive research that we can mm -hmm. on heaven and eternal life um, and any connection that heaven and eternal life might have to each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been searching for anything that shows of men going to heaven. Um, and... Last week, we talked about heaven, heavens, mm -hmm. uh, the difference between that, the different types of heaven, and, um, you know, the different layers yeah. uh, of heaven uh, on, in, in science, in other religions, in Christianity, and Judaism, and it just basically what the scriptures say. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, we just continue paging through, we continue paging on <laughs> <laughs> our search by just looking. Uh, we started in Matthew. Uh, we've made our way to Ephesians. And of course, before we hit Matthew, we had gone through the gen Genesis through Malachi. And I'm uh, still just, in shock, to be honest. Yeah. With you. Can you believe that we've done that? <laughs> yeah. And it's not just the doing of it. I mean, we, we're, we do things pretty exhaustive. And some people may be exhausted with it, but, uh, <laughs> but we do want to be thorough. And, you know, I've had several conversations just this week with folks and um, coming up on the end of the year. And uh, some of them were about their contributions and what they were wanting to do. And, and, um, and so I'm asking them, you know, about the, well, how, how do you feel about the, 
the teachings and uh, the Tuesday night and uh, everything. And uh, said, well, you know, how do you feel about I, I? You got so many compliments. I got sick of it. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, I just got sick of it. This is oh, all that Daniel. It's like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> and, uh, and then, um, then I ask a few of them about our, uh, about our banter, you know, as, uh, Don called it. And, uh, um, so, uh, I remember, uh, I, all of the people that I talked to this week said, oh, I think it's, yeah, I think that the, the conversation between the two of you that, yeah, that's really good. I, I get a kick out of it. And then one of them kind of paused and said, well, says I, I can put up with it until you get to watch it. <laughs> and that's when I said, yeah, I know. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, Daniel. <laughs> I had to find Damn, you. Daniel. I know. I had to find somebody who was willing to say something negative about you, and they didn't, but I turned it into something negative. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. I got to do. I mean, you know, I used to be the, you know, the founder, the president, the, you know, the – Dan, uh, Don used to come up with all these other titles that he added to it. And now all I hear about is Daniel. Jeez. <laughs> so, well, Daniel. We love, we love you, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. Daniel wouldn't be Daniel if it were have Michael. <laughs> I have never fished so hard for a compliment in my life. So. <laughs> there is none like you. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that made that sip of coffee go down so well. <laughs> uh, so anyways, we looked at Ephesians chapter one and um, Michael reminded us that we were blessed with Michael reminded us. That wasn't me because <laughs> Michael's the good teacher. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that we were blessed with one blessing. Um, you know, this wasn't the list of blessings. And um, the other thing that he pointed out was that the heavenly places, that places is italicized, that there's not several places that are heavenly. The heavenly place, if you will, mm -hmm. is in Christ. There is oh, one there you go. heavenly place, and it's in Christ. There you go. Mm. And that is the only heavenly. Yeah. Uh, that is the only spiritual. There is nothing else. And that's why that we can so uh, affirmingly say that spiritual is you, not what you do. And, uh, oh, man, I just say that, and it's just the, the freeingness. It's just like throwing off, you know, uh, uh, you know the coat of mail and, and all the armor. You know, you can lay down, lay down your armor. You can, you know, get off your knees. You can, you know, stop watching every word that you say and, and uh, trying to um, – uh, you know, say the right thing. I finally came up with a, a way to respond to everybody that, that, especially when I was living in Clinton, uh, there's a church there that evidently has trained everybody to say, and it's a large church. So there have many of them are employees at, in the Clinton area and they work the checkout and everything in the stores and everybody that's there just inevitably 
have a blessed day. Mm. And it's it's like uh I don't know. I I was getting so irritated. <laughs> it's like don't tell me to have a blessed day. <laughs> and uh, so I was trying to I usually just I just stayed quiet. Mm. And then after we did our show this last time that that blessed is righteous. You know, yeah. that's, and, and everybody is it. So I know how to respond to these people now. I know what I'm going to say. All right, so let's go through a run through. So, right, I've just paid for something. You're that good Christian behind the counter, right? Well, thank you, sir. You have a blessed day now. Is there any other kind? Mm, I like it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and uh say yeah i get to say something that maybe might provoke them to thought or to anger i don't know what it is. <laughs> i just wanted something to say back because i didn't want to say you too yeah mm. and i know i mock southern i am southern so i can i can make fun <laughs> of it right so uh nowadays you got to be very careful because you can only have fun with what you are because if you make fun of somebody, something that you're not, then you're in jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. So we went through Ephesians 1, 1 through 10. And uh, verse 10 ends this way. It says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one. All things oh, in Christ, yes. both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Yeah, this is how we ended it. Uh, Daniel drug us down there. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was going to finish with six, but he had to drag us down to 10. And uh, and then, of course, when we went off the air, I don't know if we mentioned any anything about it or not, but this is a very impactful statement. Mm. As it stands, because uh, according to this statement in Ephesians, it's not just that God and man are one entity now, and Christ and God and man are all one entity. There's not a uh, you know a God in heaven and um, you know a Jesus running around trying to do things for you. Uh, but we're just we're just one thing. It's it's all manifested in the human race now, mm. and that to me is the most empowering thing the human race will ever figure out. And um, I've uh, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and she said, "Well, you know, Mike, I think I'm just a secularist." And after she said it, <coughs> I thought about it after we hung up. And she was saying, basically, she really didn't believe in spirituality. You know, she's secular, and uh, and or didn't believe in God. And I, and after I hung up the phone, I thought, you know, I, I think we're in the same boat. (laughs) Mm. Wow! (laughs) Because I don't believe in the God that Christianity presents. I. I, I believe in the God I see in you, in my grandson, in my daughter, in the people that 
even the ones that say, have a blessed day. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, hope I'm not being too rough on these guys. But, <laughs> um, but uh, uh, once uh, she had made that comment, I realized that uh, she and I are much more, I am more on the same page with her than I am any Christian on the face of the earth. Mm. By her saying, I'm a secularist. Yeah. And uh, I just can't find fault with that. Um, the, um, the, the, the working out of it, the practice, the practicality of it. I don't see where it hurts anybody or harms anybody. And just about any brand of Christianity, I can show you where they're causing harm. And uh, uh, like I've, I've said, you know, give me a good old atheist any day. Somebody doesn't believe in God at all, rather than to have to sift through all of these uh, things that people are doing to be spiritual. Number one, you got to believe in Jesus. You know, you got mm. to accept, got to believe, got to submit, got to find his will. You got to live and pray and do and die and, you know, the whole nine yards. But uh, now, and it's not that we tell people don't do any of those things. It's just as we've shared what we understand to be truth, these things just seem to fall off. Mm-hmm. The practices of spiritual things. I can tell you, I cannot identify a single spiritual thing that I practice. Um, now, uh, I know that Paul talked about, you know, having a grateful heart and being thankful. And I mean, thankfulness is just a part of my way of life. I don't go around saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But uh, I do, uh, I might say it to somebody, but I'm not, uh, it's not a spiritual thing. It is, but like I said, it's, it's as spiritual as you're going to get out of me. It's just mm. me having a, a grateful and thankful attitude. I think you did some teaching on that, on your own personal experience, I believe. Yeah, you know, and that's like my whole attitude of worship or prayer um however one might define either one of those um for me it just all sums down to i'm thankful yeah boy aren't <laughs> and, we? Uh, yeah something beautiful happens in life and I- i'm i'm thankful um do i believe that god is orchestrating and moving and shifting and changing and mm-hmm. rearranging and shaking and all the things that we used to preach um i don't but i believe that he lives through each and every one of us. Yes. And when I encounter somebody, I encounter the divine and um, everything that happens. I'm just thankful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I, uh, and I uh, completely concur with that. And that's what's happened to me. And I think most of those who listen to us and uh, that they're not trying to be spiritual anymore. What a mm. what a wait to be gone. Yet the process, accepting the process as to what got us here is the most spiritual thing that has ever existed. Mm. There's been nothing more spiritual than the process. The story is spiritual. 
the conclusion of the story is extremely spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you negate the process, you're going to negate the end of the story. Mm. Uh, again, uh, which I got to rag on our friends a little bit, uh, which that's why they don't accept <clears throat> the end of the story. They don't accept the redemption. They don't accept they Well, they redefine it and then accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, forgiveness of sin. Well, they're no, but now then they redefine it and then they accept it. Um, and redemption is a, a change of mind, you know, well, that's not what the scriptures teach. That's just not, mm-hmm. what, that's not what Paul taught. Um, and even though we see where Peter, James, and John disagree with Paul and Apollos on many things, uh, we don't try to change what they say. Yeah, uh, we let them speak for themselves, but none of them made those statements at all. Uh, it's just alarming to me that someone can develop and still call themselves Christian uh, and dismiss every principle that I know of as Christian. But I, I think that's what's happening to Christianity right now is that it mm. is. It's been it's proven itself to be so uh, illogical to the Christian themselves that they are having to select other forms of spirituality that seem a bit more reasonable and sensible. Mm-hmm. But if you just accept the story, you don't have to put on a different pair of spiritual shoes. Mm-hmm. You can go barefoot. Uh, you know you can run through the sand through the grass so you don't need a different pair of spiritual shoes you know uh, uh, that's a thing Uh, spiritual shoes i mean goodness gracious uh, people have done that throughout the uh last few millennium uh you can tell uh, what position in spiritual uh place someone has by the shoes they have on i walked through the catacombs and Roman boy, did they wear some weird shoes, but it, <laughs> those shoes meant something. So, you know, you don't have to have any kind of shoes here. So I just seen Jesse Duplantis the other day showing off his shoes. He says, my shoes are worth more than some of your homes. <laughs> <laughs> God, Oh Lord. What a gospel statement that is. Right. Ed <laughs> proud of the statement. Yes. And then take up an offering so that they can keep people from going to hell. Mm. Lord of mercy. Mm-mm. Well, Michael, what do you think? Should we continue going through Ephesians here and uh, see what we come across? Because there are a couple more um, mentions. Um, Ephesians, Paul, Apostle Paul likes to use um, this term heavenly. Um, I see one more here in chapter one. Um, it says, um, well, if I start back in verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly again, mm-hmm. places is italicized. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, mm. which is his body, 
the fullness of him who fills all in all. Yeah, this uh, this term "all" uh, just uh, uh, you know, reflecting uh, uh, back on the verse uh, ten. I think the thing that we that caught our attention at the end of that, with a lot of the other research that's going on that we can't tell you about just yet because it's being reserved for the uh, upcoming conference. The seal is still sealed, if you will. I know. <laughs> I was speaking with Vic the other day, and he says, we've never had a conference so advertised as this one. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, that's probably true. We've never had a run-up like this. And he said, you know, you're going to run out of things to say before you get to the conference. So, um, But he doesn't know us that well. We, we never run out of things to say. Um, the, the this all things in in heaven and in earth. They didn't just say that it was God. This contemplation that not only did God and man become one thing, and when I look at you, I'm looking at God. That's that's all the God and all the God we need and all the God there is. And collectively, that is actually a very powerful thing. But, you know, there's been this talk of angels, and gosh, I've mm. been around some wacky people about angels, you know, <laughs> and uh, we'll try not to go into those stories in depth, but we've had people that's, that come in that, you know, that, gosh, there was just the angels visited them all the time. And uh, one of the main ones, uh, Percy uh, Collet, Percy Collet. Uh, claimed to have been from the Amazon and been there and all this stuff. And then John Osteen knew every missionary that had ever been <laughs> up and down the Amazon and nobody knew him. And uh, so all of these, you know, weird stories, he had died and gone to heaven for 10 days. And, you mm. know, the natives packed mud on his bald head and told him to leave it on there for 10 days. And, then they, you know, about almost growing, drove him crazy, all that dried mud on his head, but he left it on there and, and then they uh, washed it off and had this full head of white hair. It's like, I would think if God was restoring your hair, he'd give it some color, you know. <laughs> Does that mean, even a good beautician wouldn't leave you like that. Mm. So, uh, but anyway, just very extreme stuff. And then, of course, the things that I, I believed about the angelic. I have had to revisit those things. And, uh, you know, I, I just like today, I glanced at my news feed and there was a Tesla that went off of the road on um, Ventura Highway uh, that goes up the coast of California and just went down this incredibly steep embankment with uh, a mother and father and two children, the younger ages in there. And uh, they they survived the crash, and they just said it was an absolute miracle that they survived. And it's just amazing how our society is geared that we want things to be miraculous, mm. that we just cannot accept that even in the middle of total chaos, there's a point of peace. It's just, uh, uh, it is a uh, part of physics. Uh, you know, an explosion, you know, that's why, you know, when a 
tornado or hurricane comes through, I mean, goodness, somebody finds a, you know, a flower in a vase sitting on the table, you know, and, and the mm. and everything's the house is gone and the table and the little flower still sitting there. Those are not miracles, folks. Mm. Those are things that uh, happen. They happen on the fringe of possibilities, but they're still possibilities. Uh, so I, I have just gained so much peace in not thinking about that something is. I think that um, so many things, everything's possible uh, within a certain realm. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at my back door. There is no possibility it's going to just disappear. Mm. Uh, now, the a tornado could come through and rip the door off, but that wouldn't be a miracle. You say that would be <laughs> that would be a very explainable event. But um, the stability that it seemed and seems to have offered my poor, disturbed brain for so many uh, years and decades of my life in departing from this, you know, um, feasibility, possibility of miracles and interventions from angels and, and even demons. I, I just, I don't have any of that going for me anymore. You would think that means I don't share the gospel anymore. Mm. But it's the gospel that has taught me to be free from those things. Yeah. And we watch our friends just become more and more spiritual all the time, you know? I mean, uh, it's it really is quite a remarkable how the Lord is doing this, saying this, and uh, uh, telling us this. And, and, you know, well, the Lord told me, what did the Lord tell you? And it's just like, Good Lord, it just, it sounds like five-year-olds to me standing around talking about what they can just dream up, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's how intelligible that sounds to me anymore. Now, it used to be I was involved in the conversation, mm -hmm. but I've reexamined those conversations I was in and the things that I asserted and I claimed, I had to realize I had to accept, eh, you know, those stories got just a little bit told in a way to where that just a fact was left out. You don't have to lie. All you mm -hmm. have to do is just leave out a fact. And uh, you don't even have to add facts. Just leave one or two things out. And uh, suddenly, you know, something's a miracle. You know, it's an intervention of an angel. It's a, you know, the voice of God told you to do this instead of that. But the so the consideration here that we are looking at after we read through this is how much of this all became one. And here is the consideration is did the angelic world, speaking of all things that were in heaven, didn't say some things. And we know that that according to the scriptures of God uh, living in a heaven, that's not true anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, that 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 we are the dwelling place, we are the recognized place of habitation. And uh, but what about these other spiritual figures? If God has taken on His definition in the human race, it suddenly it just stuck me, uh, just really struck me as strange that we would not have considered what has happened to the angels. Yeah. 
So what did you think when we came to that point? It kind of hit us both at the same time, I think. Yeah, it really did. And, you know, when you look back at the Hebrew scriptures, you see so much angel, angelic intervention. Um, You see the angels ascending, descending. You see the angels giving these messages. And um, and not the kind of messages that... um, People used to claim in church when they testified, you know, I saw an angel or, you know, and and a lot of the testimonies in church that I remember about angels were like you talked about the car wrecks and, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Um, And there wasn't uh, some that, you know, I received a message from an angel. Yeah. Um, And I remember even in Christianity, when I was involved in that, I remember thinking, you know, if all of this happens so vividly mm-hmm. in the scriptures, um, why why don't we have any of that happening today? Yeah. yeah. And um, the only times that it did happen was when the missionary came, as you just mentioned, and told these wild stories yeah. of what happened in Africa and yeah. Mexico and wherever. And I always remember thinking as a kid, well, if it's happening in Africa and Mexico, how come it's not happening here in uh, Ironwood, Michigan? <laughs> I know. It's such a reasonable thought. Yeah. And that continued until the last 15 or 20 years. And you mm-hmm. know they don't do that anymore. Yeah. Because it's like, we'll show us the video. Yeah. I mean, you would not believe. I'm telling you now. I lived through all this. I've been through before. I I was alive before Sputnik went up in the air. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I was here on this earth before there was ever a satellite in the sky. And uh, by seven years, in fact. From that point, and of course, before that, all the way up until, until technology gave us the ability to record any place. And that now the, the, poorest regions around the world. I mean, especially if there's a preacher there from America, he's, he's got an iPhone, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and they don't come back with those stories anymore. Yeah. They simply do not come back with those stories anymore. So can we say it out loud? They lied to us. Mm. Yeah. Because once it was, I mean, oh my gosh, the people raised from the dead and had their, the, you know, his leg was cut off at the knee and it grew out and he didn't have toes and it grew out and he was, he was a, a, a um, you know, a deformed child and suddenly the bones cracked and then, and, the, and their eye, they'd been born without eyes and all of a sudden it started spinning like honey spinning in their eye sockets and, Oh my gosh! The the ones that I've that I've heard, and nobody gives those testimonies. May I say it once again? Nobody gives those testimonies that were so prolific up until we all had a phone in our hand that had a camera and a video. Time to wake up. I think I said, wake the hell up last night. (laughs) I've already said it. Might as well say it again. Uh, Everything that's been recorded. uh, I mean, I sat here with my grandson and watched, you know, cats doing the craziest things from around the planet. I mean, every cat doing everything that's been done by a cat. 
and uh, some of them, uh, you know, a little doctored up a little bit, but you can tell when they're doctored up a little <laughs> bit. But we don't even get the doctored up videos of the mm. of the uh, the you know the honey spinning in the eye sockets till the eyeballs warm, and uh, the person in the casket that had been there. We just don't that. Ah, folks, we are challenging the obvious, I think. Yeah. Uh, Now, for those who need to be spiritual, uh, this is a problem for them. Because this is what they hold on to, to verify and validate that they are spiritual. It's by being spiritual. Mm -hmm. Oh, can we all just say thank you (laughs) (laughs) that we don't ever have to try to be, do spiritual to be spiritual ever again in our lives. You know, uh, I, I, I started thinking, well, you know, gosh, I, uh, I, I remember the, the statement that Paul made, no, it was, in fact, it was Apollos. And I've been saying Paul for years and still I looked it up. And Apollos said, you know, that we should, uh, he advised people that they should, uh, you know, entertain strangers because by doing so, many had entertained angels unawares. And of course, in the mindset that we had, we were thinking that well, these are angels walking around in bodies and um, doing that. If you did something for them, that they were actually an angel. And it's like, why would an angel need a place to stay? You know, <laughs> yeah. why would an angel need a plate of food? Why would an angel need a drink? And we just never stopped to think about those things. But was the writer of Hebrews actually saying that strangers are angels Mm. because look at what he taught us about the unification of heaven and earth together uh, throughout Hebrews and that, uh, that the stranger you meet or the person that you live with is endued with not only God, but the angelic also. I mean, have you ever wondered why you could be just so good sometimes? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like uh, there's times that I can just do just supernatural type things, it seems, you know. Uh, the thing that just is goes the extra mile, the thing that, that does what most would never do. I, I think about simple things like one of the shows, like uh, the Heroes thing that one of the networks puts on. And they show where people have decided to go into where that people don't have clean water. And this is not somebody that anybody knows about. And they suddenly go in and they take in water filters and, and suddenly the, the death rate from diphtheria or something drops to zero just because one person decided that I can do this. And uh, there's uh, people uh, by the thousands and who, who knows how many more there would be if people began to realize that we are the angelic. Now, mm. we're not ready yet to state that we are the angelic also. 
we've been so bold to tell you that you are God in the earth. Yeah. I don't see what adding a few angels is going to be a big problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, there's another verse here, Michael, in, in Ephesians. There better um, be. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in chapter 3, and it says, for this re- verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, from whom the whole family in mm-hmm. heaven and earth is named. Yeah. Hey, you know, that brings up some questions. So who is this family? Um, as we have stated in previous podcast is we have yet to find any scriptural reference, any reference between Matthew and Ephesians that show um, people in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so that begs to ask the question, okay, so if there's a family in heaven and a family in earth, uh, who's in heaven, who's on earth, and who are those in heaven, and who are those on the earth? And how would they have all gotten the same name in Christ? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, now I'm just, I'm, I'm liking this. I have to tell you, I am liking this. Uh, um, if, uh, what we're saying is true, I mean, gosh, we better have some rebukers and correctors coming back to us here because, uh, we're, uh, we're presenting something to you that I think that, um, uh, could be very important. For us, mm. because the less, as I have said, and I will say again, the less spiritual we have to act and know that spirituality is spirituality is what we are, the less weird we are and the more productive we become. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, the the greatness i i remember one of uh, marianne uh, williamson and yes i know she's not a big christian or anything uh but she made the statement that's been quoted so many times is that that people's greatest fear is not of their inabilities that our greatest fear is of our potential greatness mm. and uh, you know, there there are people that I have dealt with, myself being one of them, who have a problem sabotaging their own success. Now, this is a very real thing, that uh, there are people who, uh, once they begin to succeed, they just continue on that. But there are those that, because of feeling undeserving, feeling like that they are doing something that they're actually incapable of doing. Do you know what it's like to do something you're incapable of doing? I do. I've done things I'm incapable of doing. Number one is what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm totally (laughs) incapable. It may be even showing up. Uh, But uh, the thing that I knew I could never do is stand up in front of people and talk. I knew I couldn't do that. It was just not a possibility. Um, I remember going through the time I, I, of a teaching that I went into about the uh, verses about weakness and things like that. Uh, for you see your calling, brethren, how that not many uh, mighty, not many noble are called, but God is 
chosen, the weak, foolish, base, despised, rejected, nothing. Uh, nothings, and we know in the scriptural the context of the gospel what that means, but your potential, based on what we're seeing around the world, it looks as though we have the potential that's way greater than what we ourselves are able to conceive. Mm. Uh, I would wager to say that uh, that everyone that is within the sound of our voice has greater potential than what they themselves know that they have. Mm. And that includes the two guys sitting here looking at each other, I think. Uh, and um, But what, what if there was a mindset that could help us to entertain the possibilities even more, to entertain the taking the chance even more, uh, without guarantees of a you know an outcome, uh, but of uh, 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 seeing that there is something that we could do something about. Uh, but most of the things. Uh, I remember even John Osteen teaching me this. Uh, whew, we're going back 45 years, I'm telling you. And uh, John Osteen gave me every one of his books two times over when I went down to spend some time <laughs> with him. And uh, um, he, um, he had this teaching that was really quite amazing about uh, being able to uh, he, he was explaining why people don't, as he called it at the time, why they don't follow those inclinations or those intuitions or hearing from the Lord is what he was talking about it to do this or do that for somebody else. And the thing that stops them from doing the thing that is in their heart to do for another person that they see or something is self-doubt. It's just, well, mm. who am I to think that I could actually affect somebody else's life, you know? Wow. Uh, you, you see somebody and you think to do something for them, but then you then you get embarrassed. You think, oh, oh gosh, if I were to do that, they'd think I was weird. Or, uh, and he got it down to things like, you know, just seeing that your neighbor hadn't had time to mow his lawn and just you know, go ahead and mow his lawn also if that's something that came to your mind. So uh, so I, I, there's a very uh, real substance to this possibility, I think, that we are speaking of, and that's to, to release. Even, I mean, if God in you isn't enough uh, to release uh, in us all of the potential that we have or even beyond our own potential uh maybe this understanding if indeed uh in Christ we were brought together that the angelic world god man everything in heaven everything in earth is now all been alloyed into one so that's kind of the proposition, and we're going to keep going through some verses here. Uh, I didn't want to keep uh, 
dragging you along to where that you were wondering what what's point what are what trying to get at. <laughs> so uh, Daniels, does that um, how does that sound to you? Yeah, you know, I one of the things that we really hold on to at the Gospel Revolution is the story. Yeah, um, and. I feel like we have to say this because of some of the feedback we got from what we said about heaven. We're not saying that there are, uh, we're not angels mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, because we believe in the story. Uh, the scriptural story is, is that there were angels involved and they were uh, very much a part of the story and the coming about of the Christ and um, the prophecies and the scriptures and so on and so forth. With all that being said, and all of that that was a part of bringing us to where we were, and then understanding what we learned here in the last couple of years about the alloy process of God and man, um, to understand, and as we have said, I mean, it's it's pretty visible that angels um, are not involved, mm-hmm. at least, I, I think we can all agree um, I think if anyone was honest, we can at least agree that they're not involved at the level that they were in the Hebrew scriptures. Yeah. Um, or the way they were before the internet came up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if that's so, and if God has vacated uh, heaven and now brought the heavenly into Christ where we are, where does that leave the angels? Um, and, and that's some thoughts to, to think, you know, are they just that in is. heaven, uh, you know, partying <laughs> without us, uh, yeah. without God, you know, just, uh, floating around out there. <laughs> and, you know, the, you, you touched on, you know, how that the angels were, uh, uh, are mentioned to be, uh, so involved. They were so involved that, uh, when Christ was born, they were mm. the ones proclaiming the good news. Yeah. Um, uh, there's no, uh, there is n- no uh, declaration for angels to go out and share the gospel anymore. They were the yeah. first to share it, but uh, now there is not a single record of uh, the Great Commission. I mean, wouldn't you think that if angels could do what they did with the shepherds? I've always wondered that. It's yeah. like if the angels showed up and showed them and showed up, showed out, showed off, you know, as they say, then why don't we just depend on them to show up and, and mm. show off? And, and, uh, 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 but it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not what's happening. And, uh, uh, and it's not going to happen. But just think of that one comparison that the angels were the one that declared the good news. And uh, after Christ uh, rose from the dead, he made no mention of uh, angels uh, doing this job at all. Mm -hmm. It was the job of angels. Now it's the job of man. Why? Why is it now? the job of man instead of the job of angels has the job of angels become the job of man 
because that's where the angelic now exists mm. and abides. Wow. And I'm thinking about one of the verses that we went through a couple of weeks ago in, in the book of Galatians, um, that the apostle Paul said that if even an angel from heaven preaches another gospel, yeah, don't, don't listen to him. And you and I had some discussion about that, that, um, you know, he, is he saying that there was an angel in heaven that could have come and given this message or was he just relating what they all were thinking, you know, yeah. that angels are involved and the angel came and said this and the angel came into that. And he's saying, you know what, even if one of your angels, <laughs> yeah. you know, in, uh, came and showed up, uh, if they preach something different than us, mm-hmm. don't listen to them. Just like he was, uh, you brought out so clearly that like, if there is a level of heaven, uh, several levels to heaven. Then I went to the third one. And yeah. uh, if you say that's where the revelation is, then I can tell you, I got a revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and, and we're not saying that there's not other uh, verses in the new Testament that talk about angels being present and active in things. Uh, just like we're not telling you that uh, goodness gracious uh, in the book of acts uh that uh it's the story is that uh god killed ananias and sapphira um uh, that that's that's there but i know that he didn't mm. because there'd been a gospel of peace declared and uh, very clearly says that he would never ever demonstrate anger anymore uh king herod uh being stricken uh because he gave a Great speech, not in even the gospel, and he didn't give the credit <laughs> to God, so worms ate him up. So it's like, <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. Um, so uh, uh, you see, we acknowledge that there are teachings that are throughout the New Testament that do not follow through, or statements, let me say. I don't think there's really teachings, but there's statements made throughout the New Testament that don't follow through. Just like Paul talking about uh, that being baptized for the dead. Well, there's no such thing as being baptized for dead people. Paul was making an appeal to people who believed that. Mm. And he said, you know, well, you know, if there's no resurrection, then, hey, you know, then we're getting baptized for the dead for no reason at all. You know, he was trying to compare their reasoning with his logic. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the the one quote that I uh, brought up a few weeks ago that if you're you can't reason someone out of a position that they didn't use re- reason to get into mm-hmm. that position that they have taken. And evidently, Paul uh, thought that these people had uh, reasoned themselves into this position of being baptized for the dead, and he thought that reason he could reason them out of that. Mm. So, uh, but when you've got people just being spiritual, no reasoning brought you there. None. Mm. That's why. You can't reason, and they don't want to reason. They don't even want to talk. They don't want to question. They don't want to answer a question. Uh, And I hope that you will look and see seriously the difference between 
our efforts here and the efforts of the aforementioned so many times <laughs> that we have done, they don't want to discuss it. Mm-hmm. They won't discuss it. Uh, in fact, they get mad if you draw them into conversation about it. We gave Andre Rabe an absolute compliment that uh, that he really did influence my thinking to help me understand something. That wasn't what he had said, but a lot of people learn things from me that I don't know that I've said. And um, uh, But, I mean, he was livid about that and and expressed it. But you just see these 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 uh, spiritualities, they don't have a reason for being there. They just don't. So they don't want to hear reason. They don't want to hear logic. And nothing you can reason with them about it can get them out of it because reason mm. didn't get them there. That's good preaching, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I got to work hard now to keep up with Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> As you and I had, we've been discussing this for a couple of days now and kind of going back and forth. And, um, you know, we have a whole bunch of verses that we've gone through. Um, but I thought I would share at least one of these, Michael. This one in Luke chapter 20, which got me thinking mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, this is Luke 20, verse 34, or excuse me, verse 35 and 36. But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die any more, for they are equal unto the angels mm. and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Equal unto the angels. Yeah. So now we've taught on equality to God, right? Yeah, yeah. And that equality has translated in its full understanding to one with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what equal is. Uh, equal is one with. And uh, here you have Jesus introducing the thought about the resurrection that, you know, in, in the resurrection, you know, the angelic world and the human world are equal. Yeah. Uh, that's breathtaking. Now, let, let me explain why I never slowed down on these verses that we've just presented to you. Uh, and it's because um, uh, people that wanted to say that Lucifer was redeemed, was a part of the redemption. This is the verses they would use. Yeah. So I, I, kind of just scooted over them instead of stopping uh, because uh, Hebrews chapter one explains in detail that Jesus didn't come in the form of an angel. Mm -hmm. But then as Daniel and I were talking, I began to realize that uh, this does not include Lucifer because Lucifer was destroyed. Yeah. He and his angels, the word destroyed is used, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think that's in the book of Hebrews. Yes. And so the, the, the book of Hebrews speaks of him being destroyed. And, uh, so this, uh, uh, this thing that we are considering and presenting to you about the angelic, I mean, you know, um, uh, 
how many times have you heard people say, oh, man, they, uh, uh, here's my angel. This was my angel that showed up. This is my angel. Here's my angel. This is my angel. Oh, you were just an angel. You, you came up. You, oh, you just came up at the right time. It's just, I mean, you, are, you were the angel that came to our house. You know, people that, that donated a kidney that was a total stranger, you know. Uh, maybe they entertained strangers, angels unawares by that stranger donating mm. that kidney. Um, uh, the, <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, <clears throat> the potential uh, for mankind in this has expanded instead of uh, decreased. If this uh, uh, perception that is taught by Paul and by Apollos and introduced to us by Jesus about that, that he didn't just leave the angels out there dangling around someplace, you know, <laughs> uh, because they're not here, you know, uh, goodness gracious. I am um, the, the, the people that we taught to expect angels to show up and they didn't. Uh, has been devastating for people. You know, we used to summon the angels. We used to call them from the north and the south and the east and the west, and and uh, you know, to call on call on the angels for this and call on the angels for that. And and um, the only thing that I saw it do was make people act spiritual and forget that they were spiritual. I don't want to forget, and I don't want you to forget that the only spiritual thing going on anymore is you. You don't have to do because spiritual is you. And so it is. We must leave you, family and friends. If you'd like to know anything about the gospel revolution, then call our office on 832-318-9339. Or go to www.gospelrevolution.com and hit the donate button. You can find us on your favorite social media network, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Please be sure to hit that subscribe, share, and like button on whatever platform you are listening. Now it's good night from Daniel Rouse in the frozen tundra. And it's good night from Michael Littleborn Williams right here in Clarksville. I've been enjoying my grandson being here with me this week. And uh, temperatures, uh, goodness gracious, hit the low 70s today. I mean, a week ago, we were five below. So, <laughs> And uh, that Dante's circle of hell, that, yeah, that's what I think that's what that was. <laughs> we love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, this is a uh, consideration teaching. Uh, we need and want to hear from you. And uh, we want to consider the uh, all sides of this because I've just never considered this at all. I just, I, I have to admit that even though these statements are very clear, I mean, starting with Jesus, I mean, um, that was pretty clear. And then uh, on through, uh, uh, this seems to be substantiated. Uh, like I said, we, we know there's other verses that would not uh, uh, agree with this, but there's, a like I said, there's many points about the gospel 
that uh, verses uh, do not necessarily agree with for a range of reasons. The issue is, is it part of the story? Is this where the story was going? Is this the culmination of all things becoming one in Christ? We sure hope that you enjoyed today's PowerCast. And remember, we'll be here to do the same thing all over again next week, only... Better get better. (laughs) Since you're knocking on the door, you're begging to come in, yeah. On a wet that all the while, love's been knocking from within. You are the love you see. A perfect yet unique Not a thing that you need, y'all, the love. Just remember to breathe and take a second off. Look, I'm just trying to remind you that you're perfectly divine. Deconstructing religion and barbecuing the sacred cows of Christianity before your very eyes. You are listening to Gospel Revolution.